0: Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard.
1: Today's Irish Chickens Podcast. I'm here with Ali Ray, who's Slack's Director of Customer Experience. How's it going, Ali? It's
0: good. How are you doing? How's Great to today. Can
1: me tell us a bit about the background of Slack? How it started?
0: So, Slack actually started out of a video game company, which was called Tiny Spec. Um, Tiny Spec was founded in 2009. It was going to make a weird and fun uh, MMO, browser based. The idea would be uh, it's free to play for everybody. You could pay a little extra money to get um, custom furniture and clothing and things. But it was a. fantastically weird world in which nothing bad could happen. Uh, people could not fight. People could not do bad things to one another. You couldn't lose anything. Like It was a profoundly good and uh, accretive world. Like Things were simply built, and good things were built upon other good things. Um, so there were people who loved this game, and they loved it dearly. Um, and there weren't very many of them. And it cost a lot of money to build this kind of video game, so we shut it down. Uh, because it wasn't going to be a business. Um, But in the process of building this game, so we had engineering in San Francisco, we had our game design studio in Vancouver, we have a co-founder in New York, we had music out of Toronto. Um, We needed a way to communicate with one another to build the video game. And that was uh, basically IRC with a bunch of custom web services that our CTO developed uh, sort of bolted on the sides. So when, we, when it came time to shut down the video game, we sort of looked around and said, what next? What are we going to do next? And um, it was like, well, there's this thing that we built on top of IRC and we never want to work without this again. And it's very good and we should build it for real and we can build it for real and we can sell it to people and that can be our new business. And um, that is how Slack was born. So we shut down the game um, like mid-December 2012 January 2013 we started building Slack pretty hard Um, we switched ourselves over to it uh, Valentine's Day February 14th uh, 2013 we had our first uh, friends and family so like literally family uh, switch over to switch over to it for their businesses in April we did a uh, we called it a preview release not a beta because it was like it wasn't beta quality it was done it was final it was ready to go but we needed to trickle people into the system for scalability purposes like mm-hmm. we knew that we would have scaling issues we just didn't know where so we did a preview release where people would sign up and we would trickle out invites every period of time we did that in august so um 13 months later in february of 2014 is when we officially launched so it's just a little over a year from beginning of development to uh like launch and taking payment for the product
1: and how's it been the, on the journey in the way of developing it
0: uh, it has been the most bizarre and incredible thing that, um, not only that I have done in my career, but I am certain that this is the coolest thing I ever will do in my career. Um, to go from being a team of eight, building something from scratch, to now being a company of 750 people, making software that companies rely on to get work done every single day. like. Not only do people trust us, we built this thing from nothing, and people trust it to get their work done, and that's amazing. Um, and the the love that people have for the product, the love that people have for the company, um, it's like it is a very, very fortunate and precious thing that we have right now.
1: Because I guess when it, when at first you started using it, I was told no more to turned emails, and that's me. is a shock when I heard that, but it's right. It doesn't. That's gone.
0: Yeah, it's email is not a very good way to communicate internally with people that you work with every day. There's so much friction. There are so many encumbrances. There are ways for you know people accidentally get left off of CC threads, and then you have to catch them up on all this stuff. So there's no transparency. Um, you know, people. It's things get lost in inboxes, buried under promotional materials. Um, Basically, what we wanted to do is say, what is all of the work communication, and what is the best way for people to communicate about work, and let's put it in one place, and then everything else can go off to the side. I mean, email's not going anywhere. People still have to communicate outside their company, and email's great for that.
1: Yeah. But I guess with Slack, you have more some guarantee when you share in files. The files are more secure. and are not going to be anything with the virus or anything else on it.
0: Um, Files, I, like... File security is the same as message security on yeah. Slack. So uh, storage is like it's stored the same way. Everything's encrypted in transit and at rest. Um, we are compliant with SOC 1, 2 and type 3. Yeah. Um, we have like we have a lot of other certifications as well. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But um, the entire system is secured in the same way. And one thing that we have always been cognizant of is like we run our entire business on this, um, and we must trust it for ourselves. Like I must trust personally that I would put literally anything in Slack, and I'm not afraid of that. Yeah. Uh, because we're expecting that level of trust from our customers, um, it is an enormous responsibility.
1: Well, for example, if you're in a small company and you you send an email, certain files firewall block like JPEGs or Excel files, whereas with Slack, you can send them, and the firewall won't get involved, which is yeah. good.
0: Yep, that's true.
1: Yeah. I've seen that in the past. Companies said, did you get the email. It says no email because it was, yeah. it was it was blocked by by the firewall server. Yep,
0: we will accept any file that you might need to share with your coworkers to yeah. get work done.
1: And that's good because at least then at least then you're not wondering did it get the email. You know that it's arrived because Slack will tell you. Got it.
0: Yeah, well you can see it. Yeah, it's right there. Going back to the JPEG example, one thing that we figured out really early on is that. For example, in email, somebody sends you a picture, and you usually have to click on it to load it. And like one click and waiting for it to load is not a huge thing, but you know, take that across all the recipients of the email for all the emails that go out, and all of that starts to add up. Like It's just a little extra piece of friction that didn't need to be there. And we started build, building unfurling into the client so that you could see those JPEGs in line, and you wouldn't have to click and load them in another application. Um, and those are the sorts of like, other pieces of friction that we've been able to remove that like, now we have moved beyond what email could do. So when you paste a link and we unfurl it and you see a nice sort of preview of what it yeah. is, um, like we have been able to leverage the things that people say in the context of getting work done to make everybody else who is reading that communication more efficient yeah. in absorbing it.
1: For me, the good thing, for, you, for me, is that you have these channels mm-hmm. that you can set up, who's going to be in whereas with an email in the past, if the chances are, I've done a password, to an email, and I've, I've done the reply to all, and mm-hmm. people with, networks, with Slack channels, you can't do that. Everyone mm-hmm. sees it.
0: Yep. Everyone sees it, um, which is something that we decided very, very early on was hugely important, Which. Basically, uh, if you assume that you work with a bunch of grown-ups and all those grown-ups are smart people who are there to do a job and they're capable of doing that job, then um, which we should all assume of all of our coworkers, I hope that that's where we all are, Um, everybody works the best when they have access to all the information they need and the same information as everyone else. So you'll notice that when you go to make a new channel in Slack, it's easiest to make it public because it's best to make that information public in general. Um, There's extra friction if you want to make it private. Uh, Just a little bit of extra friction, but we have a bias built into the product towards information transparency.
1: That's good. And earlier you were talking to Stuart about magic AI stuff.
0: Magic AI stuff. That is Stuart's favorite thing. He Mm. loves thinking about magic AI stuff.
1: So what stuff is that going to be? What can you talk about with that?
0: Um, We have a search learning and intelligence team responsible for doing all of our magic AI stuff and they have been doing some really interesting stuff that you're a Slack user, but I bet you haven't noticed it. Um, They've improved search and we know that search is improved because people are using search more they're clicking on results more yeah. and like they're starring results more so we know that people are using search more and they're finding it and those are like the direct results of um, some AI enhancements that we've done to just figure out like what is the most likely thing that this could be um, so as far as search is concerned we're now testing out another feature where um, we bubble up the top three like most likely results that you're probably looking for, like regardless of relevance of your time, it's just like this is the best thing I got for your search term. Is this good? So internally we test these features out for a long time, and the SLI team gives us buttons inside Slack so we can say like good job or yeah. bad job. So we're training, um, we're training search on that right now. Uh, we're also experimenting with ways to make it easier for people to get the information that they need when they get back to the computer. So, you know, sometimes you come back and you're like, wow, there's a lot of conversation in that channel and I don't quite have time to read it all. But um, I'd really like to. Imagine if like the two or three most important messages in that thread were highlighted for you. So you could just go back and be like, boom, 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 I got the highlights. Or, boom, boom, Oh, I need to read this. Like, this is big. So this is another thing that the SLI team is working on right now is trying to extract the really key nuggets of conversations and highlight them for people to sort of give them a quicker way to catch up on what's so going like on. So, like,
1: the, the best of, like, or, like, moments on Twitter, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff?
0: Yeah. Um, it's a... Uh, So, you know, sometimes you see, like, a conversation, and people are going back and forth, and there's lots of stuff, but somebody will say the one thing that really matters, and then you realize after the fact, like, that was one really important message. We're trying to find that one really important message.
1: That's good to hear, because if you can do that, you're solving another problem as well.
0: We're solving a lot of problems if we can do that. And that's what um, something that Stuart mentioned on the stage as well, which is, like it's there is so much going on in our company and he is fortunate enough to have a human who can spend a lot of time reading through that digesting it and giving him a summary yeah. of what it is and you know i also like you need to go look at this you need to talk to this person but to be able to do that for all humans who use slack um that's something that we would need to use uh, magic ai stuff for what about
1: using voice 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 control stuff voice control stuff is that gonna happen as well
0: uh, it might, it's not on the current roadmap, but yeah. um, we are, things change rapidly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would think that voice control might actually fall closer under accessibility, I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's not something that we have planned right now, but it, like, there are so many cool things we could do with the am Particularly
1: product. like in Star Trek, when you tell the computer to do search surface of yeah. that.
0: Like Alexa. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. And uh, also, with new jobs coming to Ireland, how many of you got planned?
0: New jobs coming to Ireland. Um, this is great. So we, our first office was at the Digital Hub, which is, um, are you familiar with it? Yeah, I Okay, am. so it is just as good an office as you'd expect for being a place to store Guinness. Um, it allowed us to grow to just under 30 people, and we actually could not grow in Dublin anymore, even though we really needed to for the business, because we outgrew the office and we couldn't get more space. So we finally moved into this office. Uh, we've been able to hire again. We've hired uh, twenty five people since, or almost thirty people, I guess, since we moved in um, May. Yeah. Um. So going forward for twenty seventeen, we have a couple of things that we really need to hire for, and the first one is. Um, sales we don't do a lot of like we don't do sort of outbound like hey have you heard of slack you should try it sales but we do have a lot of people who try the product and need support of somebody with a sales profile to you know get it into their company and to complete the purchase Um, and then the other part is for my team we will be rolling out uh, various stages of internationalization for our product offering over 2017 And most of that will be focused on European languages, so French, Spanish, and German to start. So we will be hiring people in Dublin, um, primarily to make sure that we have the same support experience in those languages as we do today in English, uh, because the support experience that we provide is part of the product. Uh, So if we're going to spend a lot of time and effort making sure our product is translated just perfectly into German, then we're definitely going to spend the time and effort to make sure that we have people who can like really support our product well in German.
1: That's good, because yeah. I guess if you can't offer that, then your product is not going to be of much use.
0: I mean, I really hope that our product doesn't need a lot of support, but when people do need support, um, we need to provide that to them. Like We owe it to our customers to provide them with a really good support experience. And if you cannot speak English and we cannot speak German, um, right there, that's a terrible experience. So increasingly... Um, I'm always looking for ways to try to meet our customers where they are. And this is a big new facet of meeting customers where they are, which is meeting them how they speak. That's good. Yeah.
1: And uh, also, one more thing before we go. just I know that Snapchat moved for the UK, and you mm-hmm. guys came here. I can think you guys have made the right choice.
0: I think we made the right choice. Um, I don't know why they chose London. I, I, I'm i sure that somebody smart in business could explain that to you. I'm not that person. Um, we are really happy with Dublin. If we weren't, we wouldn't have expanded here. Um, but we are happy with all the support we've gotten from the government. We're happy with all the support we've gotten from the IDA. There's a great talent pool here. Like we are never, we never have a hard time hiring people when we need them. Uh, so this has been a fantastic uh, expansion for us. Okay, good. Thanks so much for that. Thanks for your time. Hey, no problem. Thank you.